0: Hello and welcome to the sustainability series with Hello Earth. For those of you who don't know us, we help sustainable and mission-led e-commerce brands to grow and are here to influence more conscious consumerism through circular digital marketing. On our podcast we will be interviewing a series of sustainability experts from like-minded businesses to give you all first-hand insights on sustainability today in business, the economy and our day-to-day lives. We will be breaking down the latest news stories from across the world, exploring what is happening in certain industries and providing tips and guidance on how to operate and live more sustainably. Now let's dive into the podcast and meet our very first guest.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to the first edition of Hello Earth Sustainability Series. My name's Jack and I'm joined by Charlie Ferran from The Air Collective. Charlie, thank you so much for giving up some of your time. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on as our first guest.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
1: Great stuff. And uh, what we wanted to do today, Charlie, is get some of your thoughts on sustainability in business we see today and in life in general. What some of the changes you've seen over the years, what the future holds, and perhaps some guidance for those looking to adopt more sustainable practices. But before we, kick, uh, before we dive into that, Charlie, just to kick us off, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it you're up to currently and what led you to where you are today?
0: Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so I am the editor of a Planet Positive news and lifestyle website called... Earth Collective, or wearearthcollective.com, just get the plug in there. (laughs) Um, Our mission is to drive positive change for the planet by inspirational stories. And uh, we exist because, I don't know if you've noticed, but media is full of really overwhelming, horrible, negative stories at the moment, and has been for a little while. Um, So I think there's this real feeling of overwhelm in society. Humans are just feeling so anxious you know, it's not just climate ang, climate anxiety, it's anxiety about everything that's happening in the world. It just seems to be a once in a lifetime crisis, followed by a once in a lifetime crisis. And especially for young people, I feel like I, I don't, I'd like to count myself in the young people bracket, but younger people than me, like yourself, you know, you've just grown up with constant crises on your hands and having to live through it. So the problem with when you're living in that sort of world it's so easy to feel overwhelmed and even worse apathetic to wanting things to change you just think well what's the point so we kind of started earth collective to challenge that and show there is amazing things happening in the world and there are amazing people doing awesome things and we're gonna tell their stories and we're gonna and we're gonna tell the rest of the world what's happening so that motivates you and me and every human to. Keep going keep driving positive change yeah but my background actually is marketing communications and um pre-pandemic life i lived in australia for 11 years um and while i was there i worked for big global um uh, communications agencies and had real big consumer brands my clients like i worked with red bull and oakley and tourism australia um big brands like that and then a few years ago my dad had a heart operation And that led to a stroke. And like many expats who live overseas, that's swiftly brought me back to the UK. And thank you, it did, because then COVID hit and I would have hated to be on the other side of the world. But he's doing really well. Everyone always asks, he's doing really well. Um, But that major personal shift in my personal life also brought a huge shift in my professional life. And I just thought, okay, I've got an opportunity here. What do I want to do? that like with my life, like it was a bit of like, I think a lot of people go through this in their thirties. It's, I've worked for really big money makers for a long time. Can I use my evil marketing skills for something better? Um, So I decided to start freelancing and working with um, brands and small businesses that were doing good things for humans and good, good things for the planet. And that actually led me back, it's funny how the world works, to my now business partner, who was a client of mine at Tourism Australia, um, Charlie Thompson. And uh, we got together and that's how the Earth Collective was born and the rest, as they say, is history.
1: brilliant fantastic i love what you said there in terms of spreading that positive news i think you're absolutely right i think um as far as i can remember growing up it, it has been negative news after negative news story really um i've read some of the, the positive news that you share at the earth collective there's a section on your site which really does spread some some positivity so i just want to say thank you thank you for doing that and setting the earth collective up because i think it's it, it really is very much needed um i'd be interested to hear a little bit more about kind of the day-to-day with the with the earth collective as well because i've seen some interviews uh, that you've done in the past with some great brands so it was kind of the aim as well as sharing that positive news was to get kind of um you know really great sustainable brands to interview them and perhaps share some of the great the great things that they're doing
0: yeah absolutely so we kind of content pillars that we have at earth collective very much the finding and sharing that inspirational news stories things that are happening around the world that is positive for the planet but also I, I found it like especially in the most recent years, and you probably find this at Hello Earth, there are so many smaller businesses, especially, who are just doing amazing things and just desperately want to change the way that business is done and start businesses with sustainability at, as the strat, you know as their kind of business strategy yeah. impact is at the heart of everything that they do yeah. and that I think often they find it really hard to get their voice out there because they're smaller and you know they're getting taken over by things that Unilever are talking about in sustainability. You know, everyone has jumped on the sustainability bandwagon like in the last few years. And we can definitely talk more about what I think about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, we 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 made some really great contacts with these smaller businesses, you know, everything from kind of reusable coffee cups through to uh, matcha tea, through to somebody who makes, who I think is amazing, is a uh, local business here that makes little tiny, uh, uh, like key rings that can help you save bees. Uh, just amazing businesses like that. So, yeah, that was part of what why Earth Collective was formed was to give a platform to these businesses and just just share their voice with the world.
1: Brilliant. Great stuff. No, you're absolutely right. I think there's so many great brands from the offset, you know, are doing great things and kind of, They've set that business up with that whole mission behind them right from the offset, rather than starting the business for for other reasons and then thinking, "Oh, we need to adopt more sustainable practices in, in 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 our operations." So, yeah, I know at Hello Earth, it's it's an absolute pleasure speaking to some of the brands that we work with uh, like you mentioned. Um, one thing I did want to ask ask you today, Charlie, as well, is as you said, you know, sustainability. All brands are adopting that kind of messaging, and you know, those those. Those credentials behind them. Um, in terms of what sustainability actually means to you personally, I was wondering what 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 that would be. I think you know it can mean different things to different people sometimes. Um, and like you say, it is it is everywhere we look now. Uh, for you personally, what would you say that word means? Yeah,
0: it's a really really great question. great question, and it's something that myself and Charlie the other Charlie talk about um, a lot. And I think the problem with the word sustainability is that it has become massively overused uh, in business, um, particularly by brands that greenwash. And um, I'm looking at you, fast fashion. <laughs> you know, it's they want to look like they're environmentally aware and they want to look like they're doing the right thing. But you can't have a, I hate it when a, a fashion brand launches a sustainable range of like, or recycled, a range of recycled products or whatever it is. And you're like, well, what about all of the rest of your clothes? You've got one range that you're saying is good for the planet, but what about everything else? That's That doesn't work. Um, but I think if we take a step back and look at actually what the definition of sustainable is, it's the ability to be maintained at a certain level indefinitely. Yeah. So when brands like that use that word so freely in their marketing, they're actually lying because the way they turn out huge levels of product or huge levels of clothes or whatever it is they're actually using up the earth's finite resources and they might be underpaying workers they're potentially leaving behind a huge amount of waste because this product just doesn't doesn't get bought and what happens to that that can't be sustainable Mm -hmm. It, it cannot be maintained at that level indefinitely so my view on sustainability is really and it's something i try to adopt in my personal life more recently as well and it's hard to do because of the world we live in, but is to slow down, like to really slow down and
1: yeah.
0: pause and think, you know, we need to work together, all of us. There's too much like butting heads in the world. We just, if we all just stopped and worked together towards a common goal, you know, towards a betterment of the planet, and work towards what's good for us all, what's good for the planet, what's good for humanity, and you know. Stop worrying about getting rich. I I listened to something today about the fact there's 161 new billionaires in the UK since the start of the pandemic. That's not right. (laughs) Nobody should be making money when people are dying. That's not right. And unfortunately, that's what's going to happen with climate change as well, with the climate crisis. You know, people die because of climate change, because of extreme weather events. So there needs to be a real shift. People need to look at sustainable living as living and living together and working together um, and working yeah and thinking about what's real you know what's really important to us it's not about making lives of money you know when you look at if you had everything taken away from you what would be left it would be your the people you love
1: you yeah. know and the
0: planet and that I think that's we just need to get our priorities straight with what sustainability means and that's what it means to me
1: Absolutely, I totally agree. And uh, I can see how passionate you are about this, Charlie. Um, <laughs> um yeah, and and like we say, you know, some of the brands that, that we're working with at Hello Earth as well, that you know, the great things they're doing. Um, you know, I sometimes speak to brands and they, they feel that sometimes maybe their their voice is lost actually. They're um, you know, they're truly a sustainable brand, um, really are, right from the offset. But actually because of all the noise with other brands in, you know, sectors, especially with fast fashion and um, other sectors like that, and they feel their voice can be lost um, in communicating that message. Um, What I wanted to really ask you is, um, what would you say makes a a truly sustainable brand? (laughs) That's a good question. Again, good questions. Um,
0: I think that we've come a long way from being able to say I'm plastic free, so I'm sustainable, or uh, I use Compostable packaging. So I'm sustainable. You know, it's a truly sustainable brand, thinks about the full circle, like the big picture yeah. of the 360 of what it means to be a sustainable brand. So you're thinking of everything, all aspects of your business and supply chain. So, you know, w- what materials do you use to make your products? Where have they come from? Who has made your products? Where are they living? Are they being looked after? Are you paying them fairly? What happens to your product at the end of its life? You know, can it be recycled or even better? Can it be returned to the earth? Can it be reused? Um, Thinking about every every single part of that that process as well as how you give back. Like some of the most amazing, sustainable, like truly sustainable brands, you can see, (laughs) you can see what they're doing to give back. Like it isn't the words, it's actions. And yeah. they can prove it. Like, they've got amazing content where, like, where they've gone to their factories or they've gone to where their product is made, which are often overseas. You know, it's often Vietnam or India or, uh, you know, Southeast Asia somewhere. Um, but they've they've spoken to the people that make their product. They've actually spent time with them. They've understood what mm-hmm. they need as well. And so when they've thought about how do I give back, that that's been top of mind. So it's, you know, which is so much more impactful, you know, just give a lot, you know you can plant a tree brilliant plant a tree yeah. for every product sold. amazing we need more trees but if you go that one step further and think well how how much humanity can i you know can i help with my business and i know it's really difficult when you're a small business and you're yeah. just starting out to think about all of these things but i think if you if you start knowing that's where you want to go and that's where you want that's what you want to achieve you will get there yeah. And um, that's the heart at the heart of your strategy from day one. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier to do it from then and like you say, you know, backpedaling.
1: Yeah. Um, thinking about it
0: as an afterthought.
1: Absolutely. I was going to say, do you think it's a case of say if a brand is just starting off? Say if um, you know, I was starting a brand today uh, with the right mission behind me and the right goals for, for doing the right things for the for the planet and for people in supply chains and our communities. Um would you say to me probably I can't do everything overnight? you know, would you say to a business owner, you know, take it step by step? It, what, what, what would your advice be to them as a small business owner?
0: Definitely. I think, I think definitely take it step by step. Well, my first piece of advice would, would be don't start a business to make money. <laughs> don't don't start a business yeah. purely because you want to make money because you won't. Yeah.
1: Like
0: the businesses that, you know, the startups, lots of startups fail, right? I can't remember this statistics, six, but it is a lot. It's a high, you know, if you start a business, you might fail um being in the startup world for a long time as well um and speaking to a lot of people with startups they so go through two or three iterations of businesses before they find something that works but what works the best always is going in to do something that you really love and this is not do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life because that's not true because we all work really hard even when we do things we love but um it's more about if if you are passionate about something that it will just be easy for you to communicate it and it'll be yeah. easy Focus on it. So if you start with doing something you're really passionate about, um, and then build your business out of that, but keeping like thinking about as I do this, I need to be mindful about how I do it.
1: Like, yeah.
0: like, all those things I said. Like where am I? Where am I going to make my products? Where? What materials am I going to use? Just be mindful about it, like you would if you went sort of shopping, and you're mindful about trying to buy the products that aren't wrapped in plastic. Like for like for a very simple example. That's that's what that my advice would be It's like don't you can't do it all at once, but if you go in with the right headspace and you're doing it because it's something you really care about you'll you'll find ways and that do you know what there are plenty of people to ask. you don't yeah. have to do it by yourself. The sustainable business community is so open and friendly and uh, it, there's a, a lack of competition of course, there's competition if you've got the same I just noticed him going really red,' so you're just like. <laughs> There's an yeah,
1: it
0: <laughs> <is hot laughs> when you're both selling the same product but um but, th- but at the same time you're on the same mission you're trying to do something that's good for the earth and do something that's going to change the planet and change the way people shop so it's so much more supportive in that sense so yeah that's the other thing i say if you're going to start your sustainable business jack go and talk to other people who've already done it and get get all their advice because they'll tell you <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely i totally agree there's lots of great advice out there um I think um my thing that I always see is um you know for it, it's say a business owner um and they, they've really got a strong mission behind it well they want to do more for sustainability they've got a strong mission they want to do more to be even more sustainable as a brand um perhaps sometimes I've kind of maybe heard that um it may it may slow down their growth actually if they would become do even more to operate more sustainably you know it may into their kind of profit margins and that their, their growth as a business and where they want to get to. Um, my my argument would probably be that um, it would actually impact growth in a in a positive way. Um, but I was really interested to know what your thoughts are on that.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested in what your thoughts are as well um, in terms of what you see working for a digital marketing agency in terms of like the actual data that you get out of it, which maybe that's something that will come in the future. Um, But this is a really interesting question. And I think a lot of brands, businesses who either are not yet sustainable or who are just starting out um, or who are not doing enough, especially the ones who are not doing enough perhaps, would ask. um, And I think I would say the same as you, but I would say you can't afford not to do it. Yeah. Because your business will literally not be sustainable in every sense of the word, not just the environmental sense of the word. If you don't put impact at the heart of your strategy, you will get left behind. And if you just have to look at the research that's out there, I I did a little bit of research myself. And according to the Herb Institute at the University of Michigan, more than 90% of CEOs that they interviewed, they they talked to, state that sustainability is important to their company's success. And if you look at what's happening at universities around the world, sustainability has been built into mbas into yeah. business you know degrees there's more modules on it is super important and not only is changing the way we do business essential to addressing environmental issues but it also makes good business sense because that's what your consumers want as well you know if you there's so much research done about what millennials want I and mean, i'm on the the oldest end of the millennial spectrum. But think about it like, millennials are people born between 1981 and like, 1996. Like, that's purchasing power. They're people who are in like the prime of their career or going into the prime of their careers. Like, they're making money, they're, they've got purchasing power. And there are tons of studies that show that they're willing to spend more on sustainable products. So, why would you not? If you can, you know, why would you not do it? It's, it's what, and it's getting even more desirable as the generations come on so of course gen Z, yeah climate warriors <laughs> and yeah you know it's so important to them it actually it makes me laugh because my wonderful nieces who are 15 and and 12 and 12 or 13 oh gosh sorry Lola I always forget how old you are <laughs> <laughs> they um I go, go shopping with them sometimes and they love going to a charity shop absolutely love going to a charity shop When I was their age, it was seen as so daggy, wasn't it? You know, to go and get your clothes from a charity shop. But now it's so cool because you find really awesome things. Like they've just, the way they think is so different to how we we thought we were in that age. And that's where it's going. And so friends need to keep up with that too.
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree Um, I think there's so much more information available today and um, so many different platforms. Uh, I think people are more conscious than ever they, they ever have been in terms of, you know, where they're making their purchases from. I know that's that's important to me and I think when I. I found kind of an independent brand online and um, looked into the brand um, and found some really, really great stuff uh, behind them. And then it's been repeat purchase after repeat purchase from me. It kind of it, it does build that loyalty once you find that great brand. And um, I, I totally agree with, with your points and your point about the universities as well is um I, you know, I've done some work with universities in the past as well, and this, the sustainability teams that they're doing, that they have, and the work that they're doing is absolutely incredible, Um, and you're absolutely right, it is being built into our, um, you know, our daily lives more and more today than ever, Um, and that, I was going to ask you about your point as well, in terms of, you know, people willing to spend more, I think that's, one thing I did want to ask you, um, would you say that was a co- co- common misconception, really, that you know it costs more to buy sustainably? I guess from what you said, you would say, actually, it, it, may, it does cost more. Um, but I was wondering how you think we can address that in terms of communicating that to people who actually may want to shop more sustainably, but they feel, actually, I would rather pay less. How, how do we address that kind of view?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it, there's different levels of it because, okay, what I'm wearing this isn't like the most amazing jumpsuit from an incredible shop in Mexico called Sancho's, um, and who, if you go on, on to their website, they are so transparent about their pricing. They often do this thing where they'll they'll layer how much every item costs, and they yeah. say pay pay what you think it should be. So it's like this is what it costs to produce. This is how much it costs to retail. This is how much it costs for marketing. Like this is how much it costs to pay our staff and it's like there you go that's how that's how much it costs to make something but i think that the perception that eco products are more expensive is actually skewed in a in a funny way because they by the very dif- definition of a sustainable product it is a better quality product like if yeah. it's a truly sustainable product it's been made really well genuine care has gone into it it's really good materials it's not some cheap cheap t-shirt that's just gonna you know you're gonna wear it once and you have to throw it away you know the old ad buy cheap buy twice yeah i think that really applies here and even though you think you're getting a bargain it's like the black it's like the black friday thing right black friday sales everybody goes crazy because they think they're going to get a really good bargain but when you actually look into it the shops hike their prices up to make it look like they're giving you a really good bargain it's just marketing it's all just marketing and it's the same if you go and go oh, I can I can get a cheap t-shirt for a tenner but then how often like how much do you wear that t-shirt before it goes in the bin
1: yeah
0: I will buy a, a few very few clothes a year and I will wear them forever because they're quality and I, I yeah. can they will live in my wardrobe forever so is it more expensive or have we just been fooled into thinking that cheap stuff is cheaper when actually over the long term it actually costs us more and then you also have to think about the cost of the planet you know that's that's more expensive than anything than money so if we keep if we keep throwing things out what's going to happen you know if they keep doing waste what's going to happen if they keep, if we keep buying fast fashion and they're you know and they're contributing to the fossil fuel industry by the way that they run their factories that's expensive to us you know yeah. we're gonna <laughs> reap the impacts of that uh you know it's not it's not going to be next generations it's going to be it's going to be now so yeah i think the perception of eco products being more expensive and then you know things like eating vegetables pretty cheap and that's good for the planet <laughs>
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, You know, and especially with clothing as well, I think that's, uh, it it is a good point you make in terms of quality. Um, You know, I've seen that if you buy from a a really great brand brand who are really transparent, um, the quality, you know, where everything's being made, um, you know, you you tend to buy less and it it, it lasts longer. So it does actually work out cheaper uh, in the long run. Um, Totally agree with that. Um, And, you know, here at Low Earth as well, some of the brands that we work with, um, we've got a, a brand who make underwear made seaweed oh wow we work with a brand that makes footwear essentially from from food waste and their kind of whole ethos is is sustainable footwear. everything that they do everything in their operations is is brilliant um is there anything that you've seen maybe with some um, brands that you may have interviewed in the past that really stood out to you that, that they're doing you know something that's quite innovative that really stood out
0: yeah i am um, i was thinking about this i think um there is a lot of innovation in sustain like there's a lot of sustainable innovation and um which is awesome like people are really going to what what how can i solve this solution so there's less waste um but i think there's also you also have to be really careful where you put your your kind of mind and your brain in that because somebody pointed out to me recently that recycled product recycled plastic products products made from recycled plastic like i have a pair of sunglasses made from recycled plastic is really awesome, but you're also just giving a solution to so the 20 companies that are responsible for 50 percent of the plastic waste. And you know that uh-huh. if you keep offering the recycle, you know it's if you keep offering that solution, you're almost giving them a little. You're doing it. It's with the best intentions, but it's it's just part of that yeah. you know, making society. However, if you innovate to create. Uh, like you said like seaweed things made from seaweed like pla- there's plastic made from seaweed like if you can stop the tap at the uh, turn off turn off the tap instead of have to get put a bucket underneath that's much better but I think where it comes to kind of innovation like there's so like there were so many things I couldn't I couldn't actually pick one but for <laughs> me it's, it's kind of the bigger innovations in things like um and uh, like agriculture and because at the end of the day we we need to eat food <laughs> to survive, and we already know that the extreme weather is impacting agriculture all around the world. So there's this crazy, there's crazy things going on, like how come aero aero agriculture? I can't remember the word, but they you basically grow plants in space. Like it started off in space with astronauts working out if they could grow plants in space, and it it's being taken forward into well how can we how can we do that like they've got like vertical plant growing vertically and things like this but th- but that by, by doing that you're using like 95 percent less water and I think stuff like that like when people go okay what is going to be the problem because so I'm jumping around a little bit here but the IPCC report that came out recently was very very clear that it's not just climate crises and climate change that's the problem that, that we have to mitigate it's also we have to adapt so like we have to be thinking now what is gonna nothing's gonna get better than it is now <laughs> which is a horrible thing to say but the extreme weather events we're seeing around the world they're here to stay so what can we do that's gonna mean that humanity can survive and yeah. things like and innovation in agriculture and agritech, i think is that, like that's one of the most important things so that people around the world can have food even if that crops are flooded and farmers can have a livelihood, you know, even if yeah. there's a the hurricane that comes through. So that's
1: what really interests me. Absolutely, no, that's very interesting. I, I didn't actually know that about space. Um, <laughs> very interesting. I'll uh, read up on that later. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> um, what? What? So say if. Um, if someone was looking to just adopt a small change in in their daily lives, um, so so if someone was listening today and, you know, they were looking to live a more eco-friendly life and, you know, do do their bit in even just a small way, what do you think is one of the smallest changes we could make?
0: I love that question because that's what Earth Collective is all about. You know, it's about doing little things that make a big difference. And if we all do it as a collective, it does make a huge impact. And, um, my husband and I are vegetarian and uh it took us a little bit longer to stop eating fish but then we watched Sea Spirity and that was that done for us
1: <laughs> yeah I watched that too yeah
0: oh I was like okay not eating salmon ever again and we actually haven't eaten fish since so we've done quite well um but it's a bit of a controversial topic when you talk about being vegetarian or vegan because but I, I do think it's the easiest thing to do I think it's like giving up meat and fish is really simple we just have learned to cook, <laughs> you know, and have found amazing food that you can you know, amazing vegetarian food. But people do find like it is a point of contention because of course there are farmers who need livelihoods. So I think, you know, there's loads of research that says that cutting meat and dairy out of your diet does massively reduce cut your carbon footprint and if everyone stopped eating these foods, that global farmland could be reduced by 75%. And, you know, that means reforestation is and deforestation. So there's that. Um, but also, I think what people forget about, like, veganism is the impact that some vegetables have on the planet. Like avocados require, one kilo of avocados requires 2,000 litres of water to grow. So where's that water coming from and who's it being taken away from so we can have our guacamole? You know, it's it, it does become a little bit of a... A hole once you get into it. So I think seasonal produce, you know, if you can, if you can try and eat as seasonally as you can, like what is grown in this country, what is happening, like what is being grown now, like straw, like now, blackberries, right? Blackberries and apples everywhere. um I think that's a really good way of doing it. And if you are eating meat, get it from your local farm, like get it from somewhere close if you can. Like if you're lucky, like me, when you're in Devon and there are so many farms around, you know get it from the source you're supporting a local business you're supporting your local farmers and you you can see the cows in the field so you know (laughs) where your meat's coming from but as I was thinking about thinking about this I want to pepper this advice with the looming fact that 100 companies are responsible for 71 percent of global emissions and I truly believe that that shouldn't make us as individual humans feel like our actions don't matter because everything that we do matters and I think when you start going down I had this journey I think most people have this journey once you like turn turn one stone of this like sustainable world it could be like I'm gonna stop using coffee cups you know it could be I'm gonna use a soap bar instead of a shampoo in a boss in a plastic bottle that's tiny that's like tiny tiny but once you've unturned that first stone, you suddenly see like plastic everywhere or <laughs> you're like, oh God, you watch the conspiracy and it just, it's like this ripple effect that goes on and on. And then you talk to your friends about it. And like we went, I went out for Christmas dinner last year when when it was that period where you could eat six at a table, <laughs> rule of six. And um, I didn't realise all oh, my friends had gone vegetarian or vegan. And you just see it just happening around you, and then you're all having the same conversations. And before you know it, you're like lobbying your local MP to vote for the climate and it has a massive effect and then you start thinking so when you you were talking about being mindful as a business when you're starting a business strategy being mindful of how you impact the planet it's the same as a consumer so it's just about being mindful and um questioning everything that you're doing um and that in turn relates to what you where you spend your hard-earned money you know there, there is a lot of poverty in the uk we've just been hit with another national insurance hike like that i'm not we're talking about eco being more expensive like it is re- so many people are using food banks like it i get it it's hard i'm not saying if you're not doing everything you're not doing a good job that is so not true it's if you care and you do what you can and you ask for more by you know where you thinking about where you spend your hard-earned money and do you really need it and you know who is who is benefiting from that Is it a billionaire who's using it to go to space or is it a local independent business who really needs to pay their rent? You no, know, little things like that just make a massive difference. I think I feel like I went on a massive tangent there, but you know, I, think all, I answered
1: the question. Like, it's all great stuff, Charlie. I'm, I'm learning a lot from here, so yeah, uh, yeah, carry on. <laughs> I think um, you know you're absolutely right. I think um, there's so many great independent stores that we could all you know buy from versus, like you say, some some of the big kind of corporations really that, like you say, are responsible for a lot of uh, the damage that's uh, that's being done to the planet really. Um, I think one of the things that I see is because we see so much um, greenwashing, you know, there's uh, there's lots about out there, you know, everywhere you look through Instagram, Facebook, um, pretty much every brand is saying they're, you know, they're sustainable, they're yeah, cruelty-free, vegan, all of this type of stuff. Um, as a consumer... What should you be looking out for? How how can you truly know um, that that a brand is, you know, eco-friendly and sustainable the claims are true? Um, because you mentioned C Spiracy as well. Actually, one one of the things in that documentary was some of the claims, and I think it was a kind of uh on tuna um in terms of their certification and certification wasn't actually true. Um as a consumer, what, what should we be looking out for to know?
0: here it's
1: um it's awful isn't it when
0: you feel completely duped because you've been buying tuna and then you realize that the stamp that's on there that made you go okay it's all right because the dolphins were okay when I ate this can of tuna actually could be purchased (laughs) it's not actually no and and then you think about it it's like well yeah how do they police the million like the oceans around the world um it is and I think I think that can be really overwhelming but apart from going around the the supermarket looking at the back of every single product (laughs) To see what they say and what's in their ingredients which actually isn't always effective because some you know you don't always get all the ingredients on the back of a product Though i think there is a law now that says you have to on certain products like cleaning products and personal care um the way that i do it is um i just go to people's websites because you can tell I, well yeah. maybe i can tell because i've been in this space for a while but when a brand is truly sustainable it I think I've kind of touched on this before it is very much of it's obvious like they not only do they have a sustainability strategy which a lot of businesses don't on their website like it's it will be front and center it'll be really important and it will make sense and there'll be a lot of detail but it also will show in their actions so like things like I was talking about like if a brand is thinking about being really transparent I think the main thing is transparency like the more transparent a brand is the better and even if there are things that are not they're not quite there yet with, but they can say we're working towards getting to this point. Not that they're oh we're working towards a sustainability strategy, but no, they've done this much and they they really want to get to this this point. Um, I think that's always really obvious on their on their website. So I'm one of these people who I'll find a new brand and I'll go and look at the website and like read through all their sustainability stuff and go yeah you're telling the truth or oh, I don't know. And I actually one of these people who <laughs> probably because I'm Earth Collective. I will email their media team. If yeah. there's something like Ikea a few years ago brought out that um, they were going to use mushroom packaging, packaging made out of mushrooms. Yeah. And I saw people sharing it recently and I looked into it and I said, OK, they this was like 2018. They said this and they were going to launch it and I haven't seen anything about it. And I emailed them and they got back to me straight away and said, actually, yeah, we decided it wasn't actually sustainable for us because we couldn't do it at high volume. So we're looking into other recyclable and biodegradable packaging and things like that. So. I mean, pose as a journalist, don't pose as a journalist, <laughs> don't do that, <laughs> but ask, ask. Yeah. Um, and another one that I found, a really good example of this, okay, skincare. I've tried every brand of skincare in the world <laughs> that has uh, eco-credentials. And um, I got, and I started, when I came back to the UK and a friend of mine suggested, suggested Tropic Skincare, which you might know because the lady was on, the founder of it was on The Apprentice. Right. And she didn't get through, I don't think, but she um, I think Island Sugar's wife ended up investing in the business. And I was really cagey about it because I was like, it looks like a consumer brand that is greenwashing. So I I ordered some and it came in a certain amount of packaging, and I asked the brand you know, I'm a bit disappointed that there's like three products in a cardboard box of lots of cardboard packaging. And honestly, the response I got was like an essay and you can't make that up. Like you cannot fake <laughs> that length of, and it was so honest and it was just really in depth and I could not believe that I had got such a incredible response and they do check out. I mean, their, their, their skincare does come in plastic, um, but it is made in small batches and, uh, and you can tell and it's made locally and all the ingredients is top of it like it, it it does check out so yeah if you're if you're not sure ask and if you don't get the answer that you're expecting you know if you don't get a good enough answer then look for something else but the, like you said you know you find a sustainable brand that you really love and you stay with it and this and this is the other part of it right it's got to work it's got to do what it says it does There's no yeah. good being a sustainable brand if it actually doesn't doesn't do the job so yeah, yeah. um you'll get customers for life if you if you're honest transparent you work and you know and you you just do what you say. you know you do what you say you're doing you're not you're not just greenwashing you lying again yeah. on the tangent sorry jack
1: <laughs> <laughs> no i um I, I completely agree absolutely i think um you know some of the brands out there that have and are really transparent i absolutely love love it when i see that you know you can go on the website and you select a product and it'll tell you the ins and outs of all the materials, everything. And then you'll also see some sustainability strategies out there where actually the, the brand is recognising that they're not perfect right now, but these are the actions we're doing to actually improve in, in, in what we're doing. So actually having that transparency, I think that's, that's the first number one step. I think it is really, really important. I think I'm very conscious of, uh, of time. I, I could talk to you all day, here, Charlie. So <laughs> I've got a few, <laughs> few uh, final questions, which um really around, you know, you, you've got, you mentioned at the beginning, you've got experience in marketing uh, and communications. As I was saying, you know, so many brands are, are putting that messaging out there that they're sustainable and um, being cruelty-free, eco-friendly. and seeing that everywhere. Yeah. Um, And this is a broad question. What's your advice to a brand when it comes to marketing themselves as, uh, you know, a sustainable brand? Yeah,
0: Um, hundred percent. Honesty, like honesty and transparency. I think you will get found out. People will know if you're not if you're not (laughs) if you're not saying if you're saying who you are, and they're not that person. That's a weird way of saying that. (laughs) If you're not who you say you are, is what I'm trying to say. Um, So I think all those things I said about. finding what you love like finding your passion and then building a business off that like if you start from there you're you're going to be able to be more honest and transparent and I think you need to be authentic as well in your marketing um and think about what you put in front of people because if you're not an inspiring human being generally like if you don't feel comfortable talking about your passion then don't be front and center of your brand like let your products speak for themselves if you are hugely passionate get you know get out there and talk about why you're doing what you're doing tell your story 100% of of why you've built this brand tell that tell your story of why you started this business people will want to know um but think about the ways in which you do that like if it's if it's people, you know, your customers telling your story for you because your your product is so amazing, you know, they can't believe that it's not butter.
1: <laughs> that's
0: that's a way to do it. Um but yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think you I wanted to give I gave you the example earlier of this this B brand. It's called B vibe. Yeah. It's, a UK business, and it was just literally born out of the passion of saving bees. The founder just was on holiday in Cornwall, and um, hey, (laughs) she she saved a bee and then decided to start this company, and they won, like, an award for being the best gift, And, and from the beginning, and now that I think, I just saw in their Instagram stories, I think they've moved into, like, a proper unit, like a proper industrial unit, because they're doing so well, and they're in 13 countries, and that was all started from this little tiny thing that saves bees, and they've diversified into uh bee houses and bits and pieces and beeswax wraps and i when you see her talking about it on on social media she's just so passionate and authentic and you can't you can't you can't fake that and it's because her business has been born born out of love so i think born out of passion like humans can see through the bs so yeah make sure you're doing something that you truly believe in otherwise do something else (laughs)
1: I totally agree again Um, yeah I think something that I see all the time is obviously when you see in these you know these claims about being sustainable eco-friendly and I, I kind of know straight away if, if they are or they're not. Uh, you can just tell if the authenticity is coming through behind the brand, uh, even just by going on their website, uh, Instagram channel, Facebook, all of that. So, you know, some of the things that we've seen as well is um, the likes of a founder video and um, putting the face behind the brand out there in terms, of, in terms of marketing and getting across your mission. And people will see how authentic uh, you, you you are as a, a brand owner uh, and as a team. Um, and then, yeah, well, one of the other questions charlie was just interested to know if you think um kind of consumers uh, are driving uh, brands behavior through their marketing or would you say brands are probably leading the way through their marketing and influencing consumer behavior mm-hmm. that's a really interesting
0: question i think it's a little bit of both but at yeah. the end of the day it's gonna to have to be consumer led isn't it because you could <laughs> there is only so much influence that a marketing campaign can do i mean yeah god I don't know unless you're Nike or something (laughs) and you've got an amazing incredible sports human leading your campaign with an incredible message I mean that could be influential but in general you're going to have to you know any good business is going to be looking at what's going on in the marketplace right and what is what's happening to consumers and that's not just based on what a consumer wants or what human being wants it's not just based on what they need to buy what they need to purchase it's based on multi-factors right like what's happening yeah. in the world what's happening in their personal life um their educate like where they're at in their education you know if they're at school it's going to be different to if they're retired or you know their life stage so i think yeah it's probably more driven by consumers that would be my opinion <laughs> yeah,
1: no i agree as well um final question charlie and um, just before we run out of time is um how optimistic are you about the future what, what do you think the whole future holds for consumers and for businesses
0: uh, what a brilliant question oh my gosh i have days when i when i just kind of want to curl, curl, curl up in a ball and fall asleep when things like the ipcc reports come out and i've watched the press conference and think <laughs> where's the hope you've just told us horrible things and not how to deal with it but um I think that actually I'm going to use some words that my husband uses because he sums this up perfectly um in general human beings are good right in general if you look at the people that you surround yourself with they're good people like they're all just trying to get by and do the right thing and be a nice human being in general right like you don't I don't look at my friendship group and go you're all bigots and racists and climate deniers and you know misogynists none of them are <laughs> so if I look at that little sample of of my little tiny you know sphere of influence the rest of the world's got to be pretty good too and then when you look at and then when I do what I do for my job and I talk to people who are like their job they have chosen a career they have chosen to do something that is going to improve the planet and imp- improve things for humanity and you just think okay there is there is so much hope out there and I hate saying this but then I look at the next generation of like game changers coming through and I never want to put the (laughs) the responsibility of changing the world on like teenagers but there are just some incredible humans out there. There is just some amazing young people doing incredible things and really finding their voice. I never stood up and challenged authority like that when I was in my teen years but like there are so many incredible young women as well out there and i think that and politicians too like um, yeah um there are amazing human beings out there who are doing incredible things and that gives me hope when i see them stand up and and fight for what they believe in and i just i just hope that the little thing that i can do is give that hope back by showing what other people are fighting for
1: fantastic thank you so much charlie yeah um i think yeah there is hope uh, and there is some amazing people out there doing really, really great things. So uh, it looks like we're out of time. Um, I just really want to thank you so much for being our first guest. That was really, really interesting. So thank you so much, Charlie. I have literally talk to you all day. <laughs> um, if anyone is listening who's looking for some support or guidance, do feel free to reach out. Um, we'll put some links below where you can get in touch. Um, I'm sure Charlie and the Earth Collective and ourselves at Low Earth would be happy to have a chat. But um, yeah, thanks everyone. I hope Enjoyed listening. Uh, Do keep an eye out for the next one coming soon and see you all soon.